This is KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah. Every Thursday, during the weeks of Chodesh uh, Elul to Yom Kippur, we have a series of sikhot about tshuva, uh, getting ready for Rosh Hashanah, from Harav Moshe Zechtenstein. In our previous sessions, we addressed the Haftarah and the Tefillah, and we spoke about two figures associated with Rosh Hashanah through those mediums. One was Noach in the Tefillah, whom we characterize as a Benoni. One was Chana through the Haftarah, which we characterize as a Tzadik, or Tzadeket, actually. Today, I'd like to address Kreta Torah and to speak about a third figure, one was neither tzaddik nor benoni, namely Yishmael. However, before addressing Yishmael himself, I'd like to begin with a broader perspective about Rosh Hashanah, the meaning of the deen, and the challenges it presents to us. In the famous Machloket, Rabbi Lezab Yeshua disagreed about the time of creation. Belezer says, The world was created in Tishrei. Rabbi Yeshua disagrees and claims, The world was created in Nisan. Namely, Pesach time. The Gemara, in Masech Rosh Hashanah, Dav Chavzayin, observes that our davening represents Rabbi Lezer's approach. Kiman matzlinan ha'idna. According to whom do we pray? Zayim tchat masecha. The phrase Zayim tchat masecha. Zikron liyom rishon. Kiman kebelezer. This is follows Rebelezer's opinion, and at tefillah accept and adopt the Rebelezer shita as that which we claim in the tefillah. Tosfot are bothered by a problem here regarding the Pesach. Normally, we follow Rabbi Yeshua as opposed to Rabbi Lezer. And from other Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, it would seem that here too, we accept Rabbi Yeshua's opinion. Therefore, rather than claim that we have here a machlok, a disagreement between two different sources, Tosfot would make a different suggestion. Tam claims both are correct. The world was created both in Nisan and in Tishrei. How can that be? It should be claimed that the world was designed, was conceived in God's mind However, in practice, it wasn't realized until Nisan. To put it differently, the blueprint for the world was drawn, was conceived in Tishrei. The actual building, the material, was the potential of the blueprint into an actual world of matter was achieved in Nisan. The clock began ticking on the real world in Nisan, but the concept, the idea, 
of the world was print, was created in Tishrei. And our celebrating Rosh Hashanah is an observation not only of the world which we are familiar with, but with the ideal world. The world which exists as pure idea, pure perfection, the way God envisioned the world before men came and dealt with it through the imperfections and with meager human resources. Rather, Elohim asat ta'adam ve'olam yashar, God created man and the world properly, however man deviated and changed. It is the world of the divine design that we observe in Rosh Hashanah. Let me expand upon this a bit. It's customary, and one often hears in various Sichot presentations, to present the Nisan Tishrei dichotomy as one of history versus nature. The natural world, the world of nature, was created in Tishrei, while the world of history began in Nisan. Needless to say, it is certainly true that the world of history began in Nisan. This is not Yeshua's invention. This is clear from the Pesukim and Sefer Shemot that history began in with the first month. However, the question regarding Rosh Hashanah does not relate to history necessarily. The way Chazal themselves present the question is a totally different question. Rabbi Lezer says, B'tishreni v'ha'olam, explains the Gemara Masechet Rosh Hashanah David Aleph, Rabbi Lezer perceives a world of perfection. In the Gemara's phrase, Rabbi Lezer Omer, Rabbi Lezer stated, from where do we know that Tishrei, the world, was created? Because the Pasuk says, Creation was created to perfection. It was complete. When God says that the world should bring forth fruit, the world is created with wholly realized fruit. The fruit in the tree are the actual fruit as we eat it. Completed. Ripe. Ready for human consumption, the, pre, the, the fruit at its point of perfection. The same is true about the grass. Not the beginning, but rather a lawn totally developed, ready to be enjoyed and used. Be sure claims the opposite. The world was created with potential. Nisan, the beginning of spring, is when the trees begin to blossom, when the beginning of the fruit begins to develop on the tree, when the seeds are sound for the grass, not when the lawn is developed. In other words, Rabbi Yeshua talks about the world of potential, there for man to develop, 
for man to use to his best ability, for man to take the raw material, the potential, and realize it. Because it talks about a world of perfection, fully developed, beautiful, best that it could possibly believe. It is not a potential world, but an actual world. Ready and wholly developed. Thus, when we come and celebrate Rosh Hashanah, what essentially we are doing is celebrating the world not as it is necessarily, but as it could be, and as it should be. The world where everything is whole, complete, total, perfect, the way it's conceived in Kashbrochu's mind. How the architect views the building in his mind's eye, and thus the building necessarily builds it. And we talk about Yom Hadin, in Rosh Hashanah we evaluate the world, we assess our actions, we, we, have, we have an accounting of our deeds, it is not only, or maybe not even primarily according to Belazer, not only what we have done and not have done, not whether we do something positive or something negative, whether we sinned or erred, or whether we did things properly, but rather we have to set ourselves up against a greater standard, the standard of perfection, the standard of the world, as it exists in, God, in God's mind, as an idea, an idea of the good, an idea of the perfect, an idea of man and God being close to each other. We have to assess ourselves against the background of the world of perfection, the world of ideas. The whole year round, in our daily lives, in our routine, we assess ourselves every day by our actions. This is what I did yesterday. A good deed, a bad deed. Is it positive? Is it negative? And the Gemara says, Rosh Hashanah, Adam Nidon B'chol Yom, Mian is judged daily. What we mean is, our daily actions, do they measure up or not? However, in Rosh Hashanah, we don't measure the action per se as it exists in the human context, we try to juxtapose it, suppose this perfect standard. And that is why in Zichronot, we talk about the fear, the trembling, the anxiety and the dread of men in front of God's Kisah Kavod. It's not only that we sin even according to our standards. What God expects from us within the human world it's once a year we ask ourselves, how do we measure up against perfection? The entire year round, we're afraid to do so, will cause despair, will overwhelm us, rather to create better functioning, will cause it to cease to function at all. But once a year, nevertheless, a person owes it to himself, owes it to the world, owes it to his creator, to look at the original plan, the blueprint, 
and to compare the result with the blueprint. And it is this that we talk about Zichronot. Kadosh Baruch Hu goes back and measures up Zehayom Tchilat Maasecha. This is the day not in which you actually planted man the world and created the world. This is the day in which you conceive the idea of the world. Which in your mind there is the world of perfection, the heavenly world, the world which is not soiled or spoiled by human limitations, by matter, the world in pure form. Zikaron Liyam Rishon, how is our reflection of this world? Do we some approximate it? Can we approach it? Not only what have we done, what have we not done? What have we done has been positive or negative? What are we lacking that we still would not strive to reach such perfection? To quote a scary passage from the Ramban, which we read this week in the Torah, the Pasuk says in the Brachot and Kalot, in the ceremony in Har Gizim and Har Eval, Arur Ashalei Akimet Azot. He's cursed, he who does not fulfill, umekim, raise the Torah. What does this mean to raise the Torah? It's an enigmatic phrase. And the Ramban quotes here as follows. By Yushalmi B'Sota Ra'iti. Yushalmi Sota interprets this phrase as follows. Asher lo yakim. V'chiyesh Torah no felet. Can you talk about a risen Torah and a fallen Torah? This is the person, the Gabbai, the person who has the ability to further things, to further projects. The shakers, the movers, those who have within the ability and capability to initiate, to enforce, to further projects. Amar Lamad vili made. Person learned day and night. He taught day and night. Vishamar vayasai was scrupulous. He observed all mitzvot. He was medactic and kalaki chamura. Lamad vili made. Shamar vayasa. Vayasi pegadolachzik. He had the ability to further Torah. To further chesed. To further tefillah. To create a new project. To establish institution, to set him forth a chesed project. The lawyer didn't do it. A person who learns and teaches and is careful about his mitzvot, observes each and every one of them, he does not further Torah, mitzvot, masim tovim, chesed in the world, he's cursed. Not that we don't give a tremendous blessing. Not that we don't single him out as perfect. We see in us imperfect as cursed. Not that man adds, Afilu hayahu tzadik gamur b'maasav. He was a chafetz chayim. Ve'ayah yechol achzik atrav yadar shayim. And he could have advanced the cause of Torah against the shayim. But he didn't. In other words, 
At times, there's an, there's an exacting standard. How do you perfect the world? How do you arrive at the original perfection? How do we turn to the point which was broke had in mind when he created us? Not enough to live a human life properly. We have to think but not only where we are, but where we are not. And how we can further that and arrive at that so as to achieve that original perfection once more. And this is the idea, according to of the Tishrei Nivraha Olam. As conceived in God's mind, the fruit were fully developed. The world was sophisticated, was beautiful, and was fully ready and realized. Now, let's move on to Ishmael. Before we speak Ishmael, we should pause for a moment and contemplate what it means for us. None of us aspire to be world-changing figures. Most of us assume that we're not Napoleons. Nevertheless, on Rosh Hashanah we are judged not according to who we are, not for Azusha, but according to whom we should have been, whom we could have been. We are judged according to stand perfection. This is what causes the fear, what causes the dread. But this is what, I mean, what the Paitan calls Omekadin, the depths of the Deen. Not the surface, the human surface, but beneath the surface, the Deen as represented by the original blueprint, Zikaron Liyam Rishon, to the original day in heaven, not the original day in earth, to the idea and not to the potential. Having said this, let's look at Ishmael. Often a person can be a fine person. He can be all right. He can behave properly. But he misses the message of his life. He aspires to what he should not aspire. He wants to be that which he should not be. Were he to be someone else, he would be fine. The problem is, he deviates from the plan. He does not live up to the standard set for him, to the design which was in mind for him, to his inner truth, his inner being. He tries to be something else and someone else. And this is the tragedy of Ishmael. The tragedy of Ishmael, he wanted to be that which he should not have been, and therefore he almost did not become that who he should have been. Often said in modern Orthodox circles as Parshanut that the story of Ishmael and Rosh Hashanah is analogous to the Akedah. Christopher, the second day, Abraham sacrificed Yitzchak. On the first day, Kashbrah, who forced him to start to speak, sacrificed Ishmael. And no matter how we explain this, universal versus Jewish or various other uh, suggestions, analogies are pointed out, and 
the Stuvi Shvelms presented as another act of self-sacrifice on Avram's part. There's much merit to this interpretation. However, one thing should be clear. Yishmael, on the one hand, is rescued, he's delivered. Kashbrach intervenes. Just at the Akedah, Kashbrach descends at the last minute, stops Yitzchak from being killed. So too, Kashbrach intervenes over here and rescues Yishmael. But, it's only a half a delivery. Because Yishmael is indeed expelled. He's told to leave the fold. He is no longer part of Avram's household. In other words, the verdict of Yishmael is not an acquittal. It's a verdict in which he's found guilty of trying to be a member of Avram's household, which he should not be, the way he claims to be. And therefore, he essentially is expelled. To put it differently, if Yitzchak is rescued and achieves his destiny through the Akedah, the story of the Akedah is how Yitzchak fulfills his destiny, and at the conclusion of the Akedah, he is given the blessing that he had not achieved previously, he becomes Avram's successor, the story of Yishmael is how he does not achieve the bracha, how he loses his share in Avraham's household, how he, how he is determined to be a non-successor. And therefore the stories represent the contrast, not only comparison. Yishmael thought he would succeed Avraham. As Rashi says, Garesh Haaman Zodet Bina, when Sarah says to Avraham, expel Yishmael or Hagar and Yishmael, Ki lo yirash ben hamazot im benim Yitzchak because the son of a maid will not inherit together with my son with Yitzchak. Points out Rashi, Nehemiah Chazal. From Sarah's reaction, we can realize what Yishmael was claiming. Yishmael was claiming to be the eldest son, to be the successor, to be the person whom Avram would see as fulfilling his legacy. And he was trying to elbow Yitzchak to remove him, to dispossess him. And Avraham does not want to expel Yishmael, but Kashbrach tells him to listen to Sarah, Yitzchak is your successor, Yishmael aspires to be a successor, but he is unworthy. He is disqualified. It is not his destiny to succeed you. However, he has a destiny. Yishmael has a destiny, but not Adam's household. He'll be blessed. He will be successful because he is Yar Zerah because he's your descendant, but not as your successor. He will not be the person who will carry the banner of Avram Avinu's household. And there is the story of Ishmael, the actual expulsion. etc. And Haggad disappears. She figures... If not, if not in Avram's household, 
nowhere. She wanders. She's confused. She's bewildered. Vateta. Toyat loss. She throws up her arms and she gets stuck in the desert. Avram provided them with water and provisions. They are in Beersheba. It should not presumably be so difficult for some of them to come to a place in which they can find additional water, place to be. They were not sent off to wander in the wilderness to expire from thirst. Hagar simply is totally confused. She's lost her dream and therefore she wanders, she goes on circles, circles of despair and she is at loss. And now at this point is not only a question of rescuing Shabbat the person, of saving Avram's son from death, from a horrible death, it's something else. It's the story of helping Yishmael achieve his true destiny, who he should be, where he belongs. When Yishmael goes in the desert, Hagar thinks, if we've left Avraham's house where we do not belong, there's nothing else. The child's death and his unfulfillment. However, the Kedush Baruch Hu says to as follows, I hear the distress will rescue him as is. Because as a human being is deserving. But more than that, Hold on to him. Provide guidance. Don't despair. But reinforce the child. Give him guidance. Because he has a destiny. Kishmach opened her eyes not only by creating miraculously a well, but rather he gave her a sense of purpose, a sense of fulfillment, that there's something to live for. That Yishmael has a destiny. And Hagar and Yishmael at a moment of recognition, in a moment in which they realize that unlike what they thought, they had been living in error throughout. They had thought that they were supposed to succeed Abraham. Hagar tried to shove out Sarah. Yishmael tried to elbow out Yitzchak. And as such, they've been living in error. They were talking this guy about their destiny. They were striving to be what they should not be. Lost purpose. She could see another purpose. Because who comes and opens her eyes to the fact that there is indeed a purpose to his life and to her life as his mentor, as his mother, as a woman herself who goes out and returns to her, to her former roots where she belongs. Because who opened her eyes to the direction she should be going in. 
provided guidance to Yishmael. He watched over him with Hashgacha and Vayigdal. It's this verb Vayigdal which is so interesting. It says previously about Yitzchak. Vayigdal hayeled Vayigamal. Yitzchak grew up, assumed responsibility, was living in a certain direction. He was being raised as Avram's successor. But Yishmael we never observe, it's never said before they grew up. The stories of Yishmael Mitzachek at Yitzchak, despite the 13 year difference, seems like Yishmael, the adult, the young man, is stuck in the stage where Yitzchak is. He's playing with him, he cannot advance, he cannot become an adult. Because he's trying to compete with Yitzchak and therefore he's an overgrown child. Moreover, Avraham is afraid that Yishmael and Sarah cannot, that Yishmael, excuse me, and Hagar cannot survive. Yishmael is no two year old. He's not a toddler anymore. He's 14 years at least, probably more. 17 would be more reasonable. And I was concerned. 17-year-old Bedouins, people living in the Shetach, who are ages 16, 17, can do fine. I spent time in the army with 16-year-old Bedouin who knew the area inside out. They led hundreds of people over unnavigated areas. Ishmael is also an overgrown baby. Sarah carries him on her shoulder. It is not necessarily the child he put on her shoulder, only the provisions. But Rashi, in the name of the Medrash, Ray points out, Af Hayeled Samal Shichma. The child also was put on her shoulder, according to Rashi, because of disease. But you get the impression of dependence, whether literal or practical, but or allegorically. Yishmael is totally dependent. He has no sense of capabilities. He is not Gadoli's Katan, and very much so. Yitzchak is like Daliyad Gamal, he's age appropriate, and Yishmael is age inappropriate. And the reason is because he's missing his destiny. Because he's trying to live the life of someone else. He's trying to tap into someone else's resources and to live that person's life. And if he remains a child who is not developing because he's unrealized, because he's living a, long, a wrong life. The moment Kishbarku opens their eyes and provides them with guidance and direction and inspiration, he grew up, he matures. Suddenly he's a man, no longer a child. He's, not, he's no longer a yelled, 
He becomes a man. He's a nar. When he's sent off, the child. But now, the subtle change that Hagar and Abraham talk about a yelled. Ben Hama or it bina it yelled, and also Kadosh Baruch Hu appears in the desert and says, "Makritam a yelled. He's a nar. He's a, a, a young adult, not a child." Vayigdal. Once he realizes his destiny, once he checks himself up to his original plan, once he's able to be who he should be, he becomes an adult, a successful adult. He lives in the desert. No longer is he afraid of the desert. No longer the problems of thirst and hunger. He survives. As I said before, 17-year-old Bedouin can manage very well in the desert. It's a person with loss of direction, full of despair, who cannot survive. Purposeless, you cannot manage in the desert. If you know what you want, if you know who you are, if you know you should be, you can manage very well. You can thrive in the desert. He lives in the desert. He has a profession. He marries and he lives apparently in the desert. In other words, it's all a story about achieving the proper destiny for a person, not trying to live someone else's life, not trying to live a life not designed for yourself, measuring up against the original blueprint, and of course having the wisdom to be able to identify the blueprint appropriate for yourself. What's true in the desert 4,000 years ago is true in the city desert. It's true in the suburban desert. It's true in the American desert. It's true in the British desert, in the Australian desert, in the Israeli desert. It's true throughout. If you're in the wilderness, it's all a question of purpose. Do you know what you want to do with your life? Do you know what you want to do with yourself? Do you A, do you have a purpose? And B, is it the right purpose? Are you living a life in which you have a direction and you know in which, in which direction you should aim your purpose? Or are you living a purposeless life, wandering, straying from path to path, going in circles, achieving nothing, pretending to be what you are not, trying to be someone else, fantasizing, but realizing nothing. This is the story of the redemption of Ishmael. After fantasizing, he would be Abraham Avinu's son, there would be an Av, he became a productive person, and this was the challenge which faces each and every one of us, day in, day out, in particular, Nosh Hashanah, when we take account of the original plan, of the ideal plan, of the perfect and most developed world and the place of each and every one of us in it. Atat poked maseh olam u poked koitzrei kedef.